Welcome to Bad Ideas About Writing, the podcast that counters major myths about writing instruction. It's the audio version of the open access book, Bad Ideas About Writing, which is edited by Cheryl Ball and Drew Lowy. That book features 63 chapters of opinionated, research-based statements intended to spark debate and offer a better way of teaching writing. I'm Kyle Stedman from Rockford University, back after a week off, and I'm here to read those chapters out loud to you, giving you another way to access those ideas. So, this is episode 18, and here's today's bad idea about writing. Writer's block just happens to people. It's by Jeffrey V. Carter. Whenever someone trying to write says that they are suffering from writer's block, the first word that comes to my mind could be misunderstood as uncharitable. Slacker. At the end of this short essay, I will tell you why the word slacker pops into my mind. But first, I want to share some thoughts regarding Edmund Burglar, the person who first developed the term writer's block. Burglar was Sigmund Freud's assistant director at the Vienna Clinic in the 1930s. Burglar made all sorts of outrageous claims, not the least of which was his ability to completely cure the malady he coined. Of all Burglar's unsubstantiated psychological declarations, this was the one that bothered me the most. When I think about Burglar's example, what comes to mind are writing techniques that I use to circumvent writer's block rather than further pathologize it. As a writer myself, I know that writing doesn't always come easily. Fortunately, I've always been good at researching things before I really start writing. I was puzzled, for example, by a claim made by those who had previously studied Burglar. Burglar, evidently, had claimed that he had a 100% cure rate when it came to the malady he had invented. And yet, purportedly, Burglar never explained exactly how he treated this problem. Surely, I thought to myself, he would have mentioned a strategy somewhere? Delving deeper into such puzzling claims is an important step in a writing process, and for me, such work often alleviates the feeling of having writer's block. While searching through his work, I waded through Burglar's pontifications on the frigidity of women and his rejection of homosexuality. Burglar seriously limited his own dating pool with such proclamations. Along the way, I found an article that gave him credit for articulating a logical connection between gambling and masochism. Perhaps Burglar wasn't completely off his rocker, even if he wasn't able to see past Freud's sexual hangups or see fit to disclose his alleged cure for writer's block. In all, I could only find one trivial tactic that Burglar shared, inadvertently perhaps, in one of his clinical session anecdotes. Before I share this anecdote, I want to mention how it reinforces some of the other strategies for overcoming writer's block that I've come across. These strategies were noted both before and after Burglar's time. The hesitation to write, after all, has been around since we've been trying to write. Whenever we stare at a blank page, we're in good company. Perhaps the funniest piece of scholarship that I've ever encountered about the good company of a blank page is one that was actually published in an academic journal. It can be found in the 1974 issue of the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis if you care to track it down yourself. I certainly would not have delved into this journal had others not mentioned it in connection to Burglar. When I requested this journal from the library, I most certainly wasn't looking for a laugh. But author Dennis Upper's entire article was summed up in the title, The Unsuccessful Self-Treatment of a Case of Writer's Block. Because the rest of the article, no joke, is a blank page with a footnote that it was published without revision following its presentation at the 81st Annual American Psychological Association Convention the year before, and a note from a reviewer who vetted its inclusion into the journal. 
Clearly, it is the most concise manuscript I have ever seen, yet it contains sufficient detail to allow other investigators to replicate Dr. Upper's failure. Who knew that it would be serious business to publish a blank page in an academic journal that, at the time, had been publishing for over half a century? The humor of this article often causes people to smile. Curiously, however, just as many people scoff at the idea of a non-article. I'm not sure why the publishing of a blank page amuses some but is an affront to others, but I have another story about writer's block that might offer a key. Back in the 18th century, there was a French schoolteacher and philosopher named Joseph Jacoteau who put bad ideas about writer's block to the test with the help of an illiterate Flemish locksmith. Contrary to commonly held opinion at the time, Jacoteau believed that everyone, regardless of cultural hierarchy, had the capacity for equal intelligence. His notion of intellectual emancipation led him to guide an illiterate locksmith in reading and comprehending a 17th century French treatise. Rather than insisting his locksmith learn through a traditional abecedaire, i.e. learning letters before learning words, before learning meaning, and so forth, Jacoteau's philosophy was simple. Everything is in everything. He operated under an assumption that it is always easier to utilize what his learners already knew. Thus, the first name mentioned in the aforementioned treatise, Calypso, was understood by the locksmith's recognition of the square and the round to identify what more traditional learners would label as L and O. Jacoteau's Everything is in Everything tact is one that I've come to feel embodies my approach to writing. As I was exploring Burglar, I was researching a little bit of everything and incorporating a little bit of everything. I could tell Upper's blank page was a clue, and as I listened to Jacoteau's story about the locksmith playing with names, I was getting down with a tactic only hinted at in Burglar's work. And this is where I come back round to Burglar and an anecdote he briefly shared about one of his writer's block patients. As it turns out, the patient said he unlocked his own literary resources by playing with a psychiatrist's name, Burglar. Whether the patient was calling Burglar out as a burglar for taking his money when he was solving his own problem can't be verified. But the key here, and yes, key is a punny reference to the illiterate locksmith, is the idea that one can facilitate writing by embracing the blank page, by remembering everything is in everything, and by playing with words and names. Doing so, I believe, negates the very problem of writer's block. These stories about writer's block lead me to suggest that it might be useful to experiment with playing with names to get one's writing process underway. It's simple. By looking at your own name and the names of others, we might find puns and anagrams to help move writing along. Burglar, burglar is simple, but as everything as in everything, even finding a certain glee in a name is permissible. I find such play with names and words loosens me up, and perhaps this might help others who feel frustrated or blocked too. It all comes down to this. When faced with the process of creating something, rather than just giving up, writing about anything that comes to mind, even if it's just fooling around with words, can sometimes motivate real work. Being playful, after all, often leads to storytelling about why one is being playful. If this can be accepted, the reason why the word slacker comes to mind is revealed as the prospect of being more than someone who simply isn't trying hard enough. Before I leave you with a final impression of myself as having contempt for someone struggling to create, let me clarify that my first thought mentioned at the start of this piece is of the movie Slacker, 1991. 
This movie, written and directed by Richard Linklater, is one that on paper looks like a bad idea. A really bad idea. There are no big stars, no plot line, no main characters or character development, no traditional theatrical structure, no dramatic music. Indeed, there's no soundtrack at all. Slacker has no special effects or any real action, and as such, it contains nothing that a Hollywood feature would usually feature. But despite the non-existence of all these traditional elements, this film is a masterpiece of the mundane. For the entirety of the movie, for a full one hour and 40 minutes, nothing of consequence happens. But it is just brilliant. Nothing happens, and yet the film works. One character from Slacker in particular is an aspiring writer at a coffee shop. At his scene's start, he is sitting, waiting for a friend. As he waits, we hear him in the background expounding on ideas for what he hopes will be the next great American novel. When his friend approaches his table, our aspiring writer forgoes the usual friendly salutations and instead immediately enlists his friend into the fever of his writing brainstorm. The aspiring writer's various riffs, such as calling for a full-circle aesthetic reevaluation, make him sound like a pseudo-intellectual blowhard who, at one point, sees himself as the next Dostoevsky. But then, after all this talk about writing, our aspiring writer reaches a moment of clarity. Who's ever written the great work about the immense effort required in order not to create? This line distills the essence of Slacker into a single sentence. Linklater, of course, captures this idea in his film's title. The line is all about turning the struggle to write back upon itself in order to create. You have to try very hard in order not to create at all. Further reading. For further reading on the history of writer's block and how writing teachers have contended with this idea, see Mike Rose's When a Writer Can't Write the Guilford Press, which offers a series of essays on overcoming writer's block. Additionally, to learn more about how the play of names might be used to overcome writer's block, see my dissertation, Rereading and Rewriting Blocks, Teaching Multimodal Literacies Through an Apprenticeship in Proper Names, ProQuest. Jacques Ranciere's book, The Ignorant Schoolmaster, Stanford University Press, and Edmund Burgler's article, Does Writer's Block Exist? The American Imago, offer important historical examples of blocked writing. Of course, Dennis Upper's article, The Unsuccessful Salt Treatment of a Case of Writer's Block, Journal of Applied Behavior, needs to be seen to be believed. Better still is my recommendation that you link later to Richard Linklater's movie, Slacker, and perhaps embrace the idea that telling the story about blocked writers may offer story enough. Keywords. Blank pages. Play of names. Puns. Writer's block. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You just heard the bad idea about writing. Writer's block just happens to people. It's by Jeffrey V. Carter. In 2020, the author gave me this updated bio. 
Jeffrey V. Carter is an associate professor of English at Saginaw Valley State University, where he teaches undergraduate courses in composition. His areas of interest include writer's block, video culture, and the history of pinball. His work has appeared in journals like Pretext, Kairos, Computers and Composition, and Enculturation. He has also published chapters in Bad Ideas About Writing, 2017, and Rhetorical Speculations, 2019. The podcast version of Bad Ideas About Writing is produced and narrated by me and it's hosted at anchor.fm. You can find anywhere you like to get your podcasts. The theme music is Parade by Nocturnum. Check them out at the Free Music Archive and SoundCloud. The open access book, Bad Ideas About Writing, was first published in 2017 by the West Virginia University Libraries and Digital Publishing Institute. It's available online at their website for free. That's where you should go if you like to read a print version of this chapter. Both the podcast and the book are published under very open Creative Commons licenses, which allow you to remix and distribute them for free as long as you attribute the authors and me. So thanks to those editors of the collection, Cheryl Ball and Drew Lowy, and of course, all the other authors in the awesome book. I'm Kyle Stedman. I'm on Twitter at KStedman, and I live in Rockford, Illinois, where I swear, even though it's early December, I was like walking around outside today in the 50s, and I keep saying, this is it, the last warm day. This is it, the last warm day. And yet more and more keep coming. Yeah, global warming sucks. Oh my goodness, the end of the world. But it's kind of nice for us in Illinois, you know, at least for a little while. Oh my goodness. Okay, see you later. Bye.